Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series especially for tourism operators and professionals. Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council of Tasmania, or TICT, the peak industry body for tourism and the visitor economy in the beautiful state of Tasmania. I'm your host today, Luke Martin, and my day job is as Chief Executive of TICT. Today's episode of Talking Tourism is one of a series of episodes we're producing every fortnight through the COVID-19 emergency, featuring conversations of industry and government leaders on the latest developments of the crisis relevant to the Tasmanian tourism industry and onto our recovery, along with operators and gurus with tips and insights into the business assistance available and strategies all tourism operators can be applying in their own business. And in this context, we do appreciate the support of the Tasmanian government in supporting these podcasts, along with Caleb Miller at Mac40 Media for production. Today's episode I'm really excited about and we are very fortunate to be joined with one of the best known names in the Australian tourism and travel industries, Brett Godfrey. Brett's a busy guy. He wears many hats relevant to the COVID-19 discussions that I'm going to try and touch on uh, with him over the next few minutes. He was, of course, the co-founder of Rob Sherrard and Sir Richard Branson of Virgin Blue and served as its CEO until 2010. Around then, Brett and Rob acquired Tasmania's iconic cradle huts and Bay of Fires multi-day walks and have over the past decade developed the Tasmanian Walking Company and now the Australian Walking Company into one of the country's premier ecotourism businesses. Brett has also served as chairman of Auckland Airport and is currently chair of Queensland Tourism Events, effectively Queensland's equivalent to Tourism Tasmania. And for the last 18 months, he has also taken charge of the long campaign for a Tasmanian AFL team as chairman of the AFL Task Force. Thanks for making the time, Brett. Yeah, thanks, Luke. Great to be here. Thank you. Um, I've obviously got to ask you about Virgin. Um, the beer coaster business plan, the marquee check-ins at the airport, um, that's uh, <laughs> the stuff of Australian tourism legend and um, Virgin's uh, growth and success under your watch is um, one of the great recent stories of, uh, of, of our industry. How do you thanks. feel right now? Are you sad, angry, philosophical? Oh, oh that's an interesting one. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm sad for those that it, it impacts and that's pretty much the – I mean, there's still some folks who are there on day one. Um, so they, they love the company, they love the culture, and uh, and it's their careers. And so for them at the moment, there's a great deal of uncertainty, um, although I hope, I, I, I do believe, I, in fact, it will definitely fly again. Um, um, it's, it's not in the same shape that Ansett was. So so for me, it, it's, it's, it's sad for those folks mostly, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I love building and I love being part of it, but it did start to move away from, what I considered to be the, the, the strategy that, that we put into play to launch. Yeah, and, and that to me as an observer, and we've, you and I have, I've asked you about this because I'm a bit fascinated in the topic, but it seems to me extraordinary that under your watch, you know, in any measure, I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you, but it was remarkably successful and just the change of strategy over the last few years, which we've lived in Tassie around the, the move away yep. from that leisure brand, um, you know, it seems to have just been, um, you know, I guess, you know, looking at the positive, if we can go back to that, that old, you know, beloved Virgin Blue, cheap and cheerful, yep. taking off jets. So is that where you think this will go? Oh, I think it can be somewhere in between. And and let's be clear that it started off as that sort of airline, but over 10 years um, we started to move it up market, o- only in the sense of trying to move into the SABs and to go, you know what, there's only room for one Qantas in Australia. That, that was always our view. Yeah. And so we, we felt we were going to run our own race and we were very happy being – 
the second uh, horse in a two-horse race, if, yeah. if you know where I'm coming from. So, so for us, uh, for me, the model got a little contaminated. It, it, it was focused too much on yield, um, not cost, and and as a result, it put product out in the market that, frankly, was loss-leading. And and you can do that if you think it's going to turn a corner, but over a decade, it it, it demonstrated it, it couldn't. And um, and so I, I come full circle and go, look, you know. We used to have a mantra. It was actually the budget rent-a-car mantra, which is we're number two, so we try harder with yeah. a culture and a brand that was uh, quite conducive to being the challenger brand. And so I think that's more where it has to get back to. So obviously anything that um, happens in the aviation market um, as an island, we, we live and breathe that with your Tasmanian hat on. Um, yeah. What uh, I guess what do you see as the opportunities out of a new Virgin? Um, indeed, what are the risks? We have zero Virgin flights coming to the state. I mean, who have thought, you know, yeah. zero second carriers. We're yeah. starting from scratch. Well, well, we will be, and, and the country will be. And frankly, even though I think this administration process will move very much more quickly than it did in 2000 with with ANSET. Um, what what is going to happen is is quite likely that Qantas is going to be left as the sole provider of capacity for for a short period, um, and you know you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out what that will mean. It'll just mean capacity management to to a fair degree. Okay, so as in terms of a lens, if you're advising Tasmania, and you probably are, uh, <laughs> Tourism Tasmania or uh, our airports and and the government, what would you say would be a realistic expectation of the sort of air aviation capacity we should be aspiring towards, say, you know, at the back end of this year if once interstate travel resumes? Yeah. What, what what do you reckon is realistic for us? Oh, no, I, th- I think Tasmania can get back to fair share, you know, where it was, if, if you call that fair share, before the grounding of um, Virgin Australia. Um, all, all I'm saying is it might just be a little blip in terms of the timing. At the end of the day, Tasmania has grown in leaps and bounds over the past decade, and it's gone from somewhere that people never thought about to somewhere that people are dreaming and aspiring and, and wanting to get back to. And I do believe hopefully we'll get into it in this session, but there's some, you know, I, I think we're going to see a domestic bump actually in terms of consumption. So, yeah. so I think there'll be a vested interest for the new owners of the airline or the finances of the airline to say, well, you know, Tasmania is, is, is part of our network. So I, I think, you know, they'll need to be incentivized, but you know, goodness, everyone wants to be incentivized and they'll have limited options to begin with. But I do believe Tasmania will figure prominently in those discussions. Good. And I'm conscious you, you were, you got heavily invested in two very different tourism industries, Queensland's uh, very mass tourism, obviously on a mass, much greater scale than we are and, and clearly a set of challenges there that are, are different to us, particularly around their international yep. dependency and obviously yep. Tasmania. And I'm conscious about this conversation around TA and Tourism Australia doing a nationwide domestic marketing campaigns and really getting That's- that boost in Australians getting out in their own backyard. Um, how do you think that applies between very different markets? And Yeah, no, that's a great question because, look, look, the, 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 um, I think there's little doubt, Luke, that we're going to see um, inbound uh, tourism this year, uh, this side of Christmas, you know, and and that might sound very pessimistic, but based on where we're at um, and based on where the rest of the world is at, we're, we're unlikely to see a lot of international connectivity, um, New Zealand potentially aside, but I can, I'll come back to that. So so what that says is, is that there is 9 million Australians every year who go overseas. Yeah. Um, so how do, we, how do we tap into that? How do we get that money, which they spend, you know, somewhere around – you know, $4,000 a person. So you're, you're looking at $36 billion. How does that get delivered into the Australian market? And how does Tasmania get its share? And, and you know, I think there's, I think tourism, Tas, are, you know, punch above their weight. Um, they do really well. I'd love to see a campaign that says, you know, the only 
the only overseas destination in Australia right now where you can go without a passport. Yes. And, and so I just think Tasmania will figure prominently in, in those TA and TT discussions, but we really do need to tap into to that $9 million. Now, yeah. the other market, the only other market likely this side of Christmas that could open up to us is New Zealand. Um, and you can wear two hats on this. I think, well, that would be good. You could potentially have the $2 million Kiwis who go overseas every year come to Australia. I could be a bit greedy here and say I'd actually rather see the borders not open up from that perspective because I'd like to keep those nine million here in our country. Yeah, I must admit I'm having that battle of conscience um, ahead. On one level, I think, from a Tasmanian perspective, uh, why would we want a competitor if we are really going to close the the net? I can understand the New Zealanders desperately wanting to see those arrangements, but um, it is a a bit of a six of one, half a dozen of another, isn't it? Well, it is, but but, but there could be a silver lining. I know here I'm contradicting myself, and I was just thinking in terms of an airline context that think about this if there's uh if there's uh, if there's nine million australians two million kiwis that go overseas every year and the only place they can go this side of christmas is say either new zealand or australia it could potentially open up certain direct flight opportunities yeah. i mean there, there's no doubt in my mind that you know new zealand um uh, to to hobart or launceston you know i mean let, let's be realistic it, it, it's probably one or the other but there would be enough pent-up demand, I believe, that you could see those sort of markets work for for a short period, at least until the world opened up. But but that's often the risk with airlines. They they don't like to take that first step because it, it's it's very dilutive and they lose a lot of money in the first you know six or so months. But you know you, you could see that sort of scenario play out, I, I would think. But but net 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 for I think domestic consumption. Let's let's try and target that nine nine million people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and your own product. So on one level, I, I looked at, uh, you know, you, you guys essentially run a seasonal product, uh, the, the multi-day walks in Tassie. Yep. And so on one level, you perhaps um, slightly ahead of some operators that you were, you, you obviously don't operate over this period that we're going to now anyway. But looking ahead, uh, how are you planning ahead around what future yeah. demand levels might be? And obviously, um, you've yep. also got premium products. So, you know, the, yep. the discretionary yep. spend of Australians and Look, it's it's a hard one that because um, t- yes, w- but we we frankly were looking at doing very well this year um, for for the year to June, and we'll do very poorly, and uh, and as a, as a result, we still missed the the major part of the season, um, uh, and uh, and gave money back, and and so so look, I I, I liken our businesses to being I I hope. Um, um, uh, a boat, um, a battened down, uh, dry docked um, boat that we're now taking the opportunity, seeing, seeing we're coming to the end of the season to, to start thinking about how we get it in great shape to recommence next season. So, so we we haven't um, released our staff at TWC. We've we've asked them to take some leave or or paid or unpaid. Um, but the objective is we want to keep everyone um, basically hibernate the businesses and just hit the ground running. So all our pre-season planning stuff, all our repairs and maintenance, all that stuff has been accelerated. So we'll, we'll go into next year with, with probably two years of work, um, you know, under our belts so that we can mm-hmm. keep people engaged. We've managed got about a hundred guides and, and unfortunately there's no work for them, but we've got other businesses where they've been able to, you know, pick grapes or, you know, help out in other ways of the provisioning of, of our products. So, so there's been some opportunity there, but to be honest, we're like every other operator right now and Tasmania is a seasonal market. We're all hurting and, and we've taken, taken a big whack. The, the big thing is, the big thing is to try and ensure you do enough that you just can come out the other side. And, and I, I think some are going to fail, but I, I hope the majority of us are able to just keep our heads down for, for two or three months more. I guess on one level, you'd hope that, you know, as you say, $4,000 average spend for an Australian heading overseas. I mean, clearly there are 
going to be a lot of people who are economically struggling around the country over the next 12 to 18 months, but there will also yep. be a market of people who would be used to doing the, the you know, the Europe getaway or the, you know, the, the safaris or yep. whatever. And perhaps, you know, that might be the trigger for them to do a, a, a week in Tassie, you know, hiking or walking. I mean, it will be one of those, as you say, overseas, uh, globally unique getaway experiences that are on your doorstep. So maybe. Yeah. And I think that's it. So at the moment, people are realizing they're not going to be able to go to whether it's Bali, Fiji, Europe or the Americas, um, they shouldn't be planning on it at this stage. But so that opens up their thinking, I guess, to, well, where, where if I've still got some money and, and I, I do believe there will be because of that um, uh, restriction or, or redirection of, of demand, um, there will be an opportunity. And, and Tasmania will, you know, coming into the summer season, you know, next next summer season is is the, the ideal time to, to consider. So I, I would hope with, with my Tasmanian hat on that, you know, we can tap into that sooner rather than later. And we should probably be starting to think about it now because I do believe borders, as in domestic borders, state borders, um, will will be open by Christmas, so we should start thinking about well, how do we how do we take advantage of that? We need to you need to you need to be prepared to spend a bit to market your products at this stage to to be have a base to come out of this. Yeah, absolutely, and and clearly you, your products by nature of them are also halo products for so many other operators that they hang off it. I mean, I'll, you know, look at something like the Three Capes Huts, for example. I mean, the the promotion and the publicity. So I guess for the for the, the businesses, the little tour operators who, who you know, I guess follow some way your lead or other nature tourism operators around the state, uh, there's no suggestion from you guys that you're going to pull back on on what on your marketing. No, here. no, and, and my, my, I would be encouraging others to do whatever they can do to keep in the game because if you think about what's going on in the world right now, it's all about social distancing and, um, and you know, crowds and, you know, we're not going to see mass turnouts at football games, but goodness, Tasmania is far from, you know, um, a Barcelona or a, or a Sydney for that matter. And so, you know, you look at where our tourism market plays, it plays in that social distancing space anyways. And, and so that's the great opportunity for us to sell nature, wilderness, um, the great outdoors, our national parks. I mean, where else would you rather be right now um, if, you know, than, than in one of those places, you know, literally, you know, by yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And, and- it's just uh, it's just knowing our strengths, playing. Uh, I think there's going to be temptation, and and obviously so many parts of the country and some of the other, obviously in Queensland, it's going to be a very different conversation around some of their markets needing to really fire up different segments of the Australian market. I guess our challenges to or our opportunities to but know that, know that our is strengths. our opportunity because because the, actually when I talk about those nine million people, the majority of them um, actually head to uh, destinations like. Uh, uh, Bali and Fiji, you know, those sorts of places, beached at relatively lower cost. Queensland will probably push very hard in that space um, because they do have that sort of product to offer. But as I said, there is there is going to be a huge amount of, of um, I, I'd say, swapping or, or substitutional demand for, for the type of product that Tasmania has. So so here I am sitting going, we're, we're starting to ramp up the marketing, we'll take a risk um, that you know, we'll be able to play, you know, come Christmas time. Hopefully Tourism Taz and Tourism Australia all, all believe that is possible and, and we'll start to get into into that space as well. Okay. All right. And and finally, the footy. Um, I think I read the other day uh, all but three of the AFL teams are needing urgent cash injections from uh, the AFL to stay probably solvent. Um, what's your read on uh, what, how's this? Uh, you know, the great, yeah. the great opportunity, the great challenge, the great cause of um of many of our lives to see a Tasmanian team. Where's that yeah. sitting right now? Yeah. 
Look, look, uh, I'll, I'll go from two angles here, Luke. One is um, the task force was was set a goal of finding a way through um, a, a to see a standalone profitable 19th team, and and that was our work and our mandate. We didn't, and, and particularly because of my role at Tourism Queensland, I, the last thing I, I could afford to do was to be involved in seeing them lose a, a team to Tasmania. So that was understood, and that still stands, that work. I think it does stand up to scrutiny, um, but... That was uh, 2019, and the world has certainly changed. And I think globally, all sport is looking to reset, um, and, and hopefully there's an opportunity now for the AFL to see the merits of a Tasmanian team in a truly national competition, one where um, it's prepared to be supported by a state government. And, hmm. and when I say prepared to be supported, supported, but at a profit. And, and by that, I mean, um, it is very clear from the work we did that there's a massive amount of, of um, economic opportunity for the state with, with the team, and not the least of which is 136 new jobs, mm. um, not the least of which is 100 million plus of, of um, tourism-related investments so, uh, or tourism-related expenditure. So, so I think that's still um, worthy of, of pursuing. Now, the AFL, you've just said it yourself, there's a lot of clubs that are struggling, and if this doesn't work, if there's issues around the return to play scenarios, they will all struggle. Um, I think the Premier, in his comments you know, last week, was merely saying, if you did start with a clean sheet of paper, would you actually do it the way you have it? And I, I don't think anyone in the world would disagree that, no, you probably would have thought differently about the amount of clubs you had in one particular market. It just yeah. makes sense. So, so let's hope that at least this keeps the uh, the discussion going. The task force hasn't stopped, but but in respect to the process and the issues in front of the AFL, we're we're willing to be patient. Um, uh, but we haven't stood down. We're just we're just waiting for the opportunity to re-engage. But if it does re-engage with someone thinking about you know a, a, another club, perhaps. You know, like one day starting or an 18th team in Tasmania, well, that certainly should be considered as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the point you make is right. I think uh, whichever way you look at it, the blank page, but, you know, looking at nine teams and, you know, again, uh, some of them where they're getting 40, 50% of their uh, their revenue from uh, head office, that's, you, you wouldn't think that was sustainable in the in long run and probably took a disruption like this to bring that to a head. So, you know, let's hope... Um, out of that, there is a course of action or at least direction for us to uh, perhaps be that, that alternative. Brett, thank you for your time. Um, I know, um, as I say, you wear many hats, um, but uh, you do carry Tasmania pretty close to the close to the bone. Um, so keep uh, keep advocating for us. And um, I, I, know... I do. Thanks, Luke. And and yeah, um, and I appreciate the, the work that you guys are doing, and uh, and it's very valuable, particularly right now. So thanks, thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Um, my name's Luke Martin. Thank you for joining Talking Tourism. We have launched other episodes uh, today, so please keep tuning in and uh, every fortnight throughout the uh, uh, foreseeable future until we see those borders reopened, we'll, uh, we'll be continuing to offer conversations like this to, uh, to keep everyone across the latest thinking and, and to share the insights of people uh, from various perspectives around the travel industry. So uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.